All right. Hello, 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 everyone out there in a primo land. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Marketing Cheat Codes. We've been steady unpacking the insights from industry leaders they've gained through years of leveling up and slaying the bosses in marketing, the game that never ends. This week, we go deep into customer experience, strategies, metrics, and designs on how to adopt a customer-first mindset. I'm Sam Chapman, Content Director here at Primo, joined, as always, by our Chief Marketing Officer, Ed Briel. Ed, who are we talking to this week? Annette Franz. She's a CX coach. She's a keynote speaker. She's an author. She's got a new book coming out, and she's the founder and CEO of CX Journey, She's all about putting the customer in customer experience. Amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this. And also just and sort of thinking about customer experience and, and, and cheat codes and, and the whole culture around gaming. I watched 8-Bit Christmas uh, last weekend. And I got to say, I, I remember just sitting on the carpet uh, playing Nintendo, the, the, the experience of, you know, the fuzzy screen on Channel 3. Um, I think there's a lot that we can learn through from you know looking back on on that gaming culture, but also like the, the product aspect of it, having something in your hands, whether that's an app today or a service. Um, what's Annette have to say about you know products and how we approach them? Yeah, I love this. What she said it was find customers for your products versus find products for your customers. It's really we need to be thinking about it in terms of finding products for your customers, putting them at the center. Yeah, that's that's amazing. And I think we're, we're unpacking a thread here each week where uh, I think back to Steve Pazzanelli. Um, let's all try to be 20% more human. Absolutely. Yeah, and that human, and in, in one of the things that we also talk about in this podcast is around building the organization for customer centricity, the, the culture shifts, the behavior shifts, the mindset, the org changes. It's not easy. Yeah, well, let, let's hope that this makes it a little easier for folks out there. A lot to talk about. I'll catch you on the flip side, but let's get into it. Here we go. Hello, folks, and welcome to Marketing Cheat Codes. My name is Ed Brialt, CMO at Aprimo, and I'm super excited today because if you know Aprimo, what, what do they always put at the end of the space that we're in digital asset management for customer experience. And I'm super excited today to have Annette Franz on today, a expert thought leader, literally has the alphabet soup certification title at the end of her name. You're the first person I've ever talked to who had that. Can you tell me a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, of course, of course. And that alphabet soup is a CCXP, which is a certified customer experience professional. Um, it's a certification that's offered through um, the Customer Experience Professional Association, CXPA, another alphabet soup, right? So. <laughs> awesome. Um, so we can now get certified in customer experience? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and through the association is a great place to do it because it's, you know, it's agnostic. It's not tied to any vendor or anything, right? It is a rigorous exam, hundred questions. Um, you can re, um, re up your certification is good for two years. You do, um, over the course of the two years, you can do, you know, CEUs, continuing education units, credits to maintain that uh, certification and get recertified uh, every two years. So, yeah, so absolutely. Awesome. And you're also a CEO and founder of your own company. That I am. <laughs> what, is your, what does your company do? I mean, we can so, get 
but. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My company is CX Journey Inc. And um, I, yes, I started the business about five years ago. I've actually been in this customer experience space for next year will be 30 years. And I tell everybody I started when I was four. So we're just going to keep that. Awesome. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so CX Journey Inc., it's a customer experience consultancy uh, focusing on customer experience strategy, uh, soup to nut strategy, right? It's really about um, making sure that, you know, you have the companies have the right foundation in place, have the right, um, you know, culture and the right leadership mindset in place to actually have a successful implementation of your customer experience strategy. So a heavy focus on sort of a lot of that upfront work to get that um, strategy to be successful. Awesome. And then you also have roots in technology, which I think is, it's, it's amazing for today to, to have technology plus the humanized aspects of businesses, the culture, Take me a little, what's your origin story? Where did you get started and how did you end up where you are today? So interestingly enough, I grew up on a farm out in the middle of nowhere uh, in Ohio, right? About an hour south of Cleveland. And this was not my, this was nowhere on my trajectory when I was younger and I actually wanted to become a veterinarian. So (laughs) clearly that has not happened. Dealing with other animals right now, not the farm animals, but um, (laughs) so back in 1992, I, you know, I saw an ad in the newspaper, totally dating ourselves, right? Saw an ad in the newspaper for... Uh, J.D. Power and Associates. So that is where my career started with J.D. Power and Associates. Um, And then over the course of the next 25 years, um, I did spend a bit of time with the VOC vendors, you know, all the pretty much all the major um, VOC vendors running their consulting services organizations and, and focusing on that customer experience strategy, not just on voice of the customer, but what that means as a, you know, piece of the entire strategy. So I, you know, and during that time, I also had two stints on the client side, one with Mattel, one with um, with Fidelity, actually three. I had a my final stint before I left five years ago to start my own company was with a company called Compel and a, a AI predictive prescriptive analytics uh, company as uh, well, head of marketing and CX for them. So, so yeah, so that's that's how I got where I am here. And then at that point, I said, you know, it's time to go out and do this thing on my own. So yeah, so I've been in business now for five years. That's awesome. AI analytics, big, big data probably in there. I want to, I want to unpack that with CX. I mean, that is, that is the now, the future. That's so cool. Did I also see you went to Ohio state? I did. I went, I went to Bowling Green state university. So I was a nice. Falcon. We were, well, we're both Ohio school folks. I was uh, hoping you were going to say you went to Michigan because this conversation might have had to stop right now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I would have read that earlier. <laughs> I, I'm still, I'm still in tears this week, so I'm, you know. <laughs> exactly. Um, so this is marking cheat codes, and we're all about bringing some gained advantage through your, you know, hard won. Uh, battles and like the secret sauce and so cheat codes it's a uh, it's a method in video games to ad- to advance through to next levels and uh, the parallel of you know marketing in, in CX in video games in video game uh, game design they have this thing called the core loop and it's that thing that that creates the uh, the need to come back to play the game it it brings them to the game and they bring them through a journey. Um, they go through a series of you know, stages and levels and gaining points. 
so such a parallel to with what we're doing with with marketing and CX and yeah. um, what is it that you know brands can do? Start with the inside out, like you said, culture and people to get their audience to to show up, to stay with them, and then grow over time. That's that's got to be one of your. I'm guessing it might be one of your cheat codes, if not. Some will, will be related to that. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on that? It's a great question. It really is. And you're right. There's And there's two sides of that, right? There's the inside out. So we've got to have the culture, right? We've got to have a great employee experience because that employee experience translates to a great customer experience. If your employees don't have the tools, the resources, if they don't feel cared for, if they don't have a great experience, and there's so much that goes into the employee experience, they're going to, um, you know, they're, they're going to take that out on their customers or they can't, you know, here's, here's an interesting thing that employees tell me when I first start working with clients, I always interview leadership employees and some customers and, and employees have said, we don't have the tools. Our policies are outdated. Our processes are broken to serve our customers the way that they deserve to be served, right. Or the way that they want to be served. And so that's a real, I mean, that's a, that's a real heartbreaking sort of statement, you know, and I think that's a real clear statement on the connection between the employee experience and the customer experience. So that's huge. Um, and then, you know, the, the other part of it is the outside in, right. It's bringing in that customer voice, bringing in that customer understanding to design an experience that they desire, that they deserve, that they, you know, you know, their preference takes into account their preferences, takes into account the problems they're trying to solve, their pain points, so that we actually, you know, create, you know, sell products or create products for our customers rather than finding customers for our products, you know, and there's a real distinction there when you do one versus the other. And so that outside in piece is critical, right? It's, you've got to bring your customers into the mix. You've got to take the time to understand them. You've got to take the time to co-create the experience with them. Um, And that's, what's going to bring them back, right? If they have, I, I always say, you know, people always say, you know, customers are in control and there's nothing effortless or, 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 you know, frictionless about customers being in control, right? I say, we want to have this participatory relationship where we're doing this together. We're working on it together, co-creating and, you know, designing and delivering the experience that they, you know, that they designed or so. Yeah. You said so much goodness in there that I I definitely want to further unpack, but you talk about, we, you know, we have to create the experience. We have to design the experience but then you also said co-create the experience. When we co-create an experience, what exactly does what is exactly involved in co-creation of an experience? Because there's the hey, we can go design it based on what we think. We can pull some data. We can create some hypotheses. We can build an experience, and they might like it. It might work. We don't know. But then, how do you go from that thought process to co-creation? maybe as a a journey in and of itself. Yeah. And that's the whole difference too, between finding customers for your products and finding products for your customers. Right. You know, it, it, co-creation happens when we do a couple of different things. And, you know, I wrote this book, my first book was uh, titled customer understanding, right? It's really all about customer understanding and bringing that understanding into uh, everything that we do. Right. I would say no discussions, no decisions, no designs without bringing that customer voice into everything that we do without asking, how is this going to impact the customer? How is it going to make her feel? What value is it going to to deliver for her? And it really is, it's a mindset shift. It's a behavior shift. It's all of that. But 
but you have to start with co-creation is all about doing that work, right? First of all, you know, developing your personas and really understanding who your customers are and, and pain points, problems to solve, jobs to be done, that kind of thing. Um, listening to customers through feedback and however that feedback is gathered. It's not always through surveys and data, you know, the breadcrumbs of data that they leave behind when they interact and transact with us, with the brand. And then finally, journey mapping. Journey mapping is a huge you know, huge process. And part of that process is, uh, and the part of that entire process is bringing customers in first to tell, for them to tell us what is your current experience. And then for them to tell us what's the ideal future experience. And that's where the true co-creation starts, right? Is first, you've got that feedback, you're going to use that, but sitting down with them and saying, Hey, what is the ideal future state experience look like? And going through that whole process of designing the future state together is really key. That's awesome. There's a lot in that. And you mentioned earlier about there's the employee experience. I think there's this in it and it's almost like they're, they don't, and you also said they don't have the tools. A lot of organizations don't have the tools. Maybe organizations don't know what tools to provide for their employees. What are some of those tools that are required to do this properly? You talked about the journey mapping and there's obviously technology and uh, other capabilities, abilities to collect data, abilities to create opportunities to collect data. What are some of the tools that are lacking within organizations that you work with today? All, all of that, right? And interestingly enough, you know, I, I, I have been working with over the last five years or so with four different clients in the construction industry, right? And so it literally is tools. Like the hammers aren't there. They're not in the tool room when I need those, you know, so, so it literally is tools. Um, you know, and others, it's technology. To your point about the technology, what ends up happening a lot of times with technology is that somebody in the, you know, in the IT department has heard, hey, we need this platform. And they go and they get a platform that they never really vet with their employees, right? They say, oh, let's just get this and we'll give it to them. We'll just throw them, it, throw it in their lap and they can figure out how to use it and when, when to use it. And that's just not the way that technology should be acquired for an organization, right? You've got to work with your employees. Same kind of thing, right? We have to figure out what are their pain points and what problems are they trying to solve? What jobs are they trying to do? And then figure out what technology makes the most sense, right? What are what are the requirements there? Instead, it happens the other way around. Oh, we've got this great newfangled tool, technology, and you got to go figure out how to use it and when to use it. And that's when, you know, when tech companies struggle with keeping, you know, with retention and, and all of that is because, and usage and adoptions, because it landed in somebody's lap and they've got to figure out how to use it and they just don't use it. So, so those are definitely, you know, the technology, whatever, whatever it is that folks need to do their jobs, right? A lot of times I'll, I'll put tools in a big bucket where it's training, it's, it's, it's the resources that they need to actually do their jobs and, and just don't have it or they're outdated or they don't make sense for them or nobody listens to them about what they need. So it's all of that. Definitely. That's great. So we have to understand that, listen to the employees. We can't just throw technology at the problem and say, Hey, this is, this is a great technology. You should just go use this. That's massively wasteful. It it probably does terrible things to culture to your point around retention and, um, you know, employee centric, building an organization that's employee centric as well for them to be successful, you're going to lose the talent. I mean, organizations are our number one asset has to be our, uh, our people and their skills. And that's even more 
uh, of a challenge today, retention of, of folks. Yeah, especially today, right? With those whole great resignation or great reset or whatever's happening, right? It's that much more important today, absolutely. And so, so we really have to think about the insides of organizations uh, very much. So build a cult, understand as an, as an organization, what is the culture that we want design teams, people, technology for that, because the, the customer is going to, I mean, your inside, your inside culture is going to find its way to the outside world. And if it's not good, if it's disjointed, it's dysfunctional, that's the experience from the, you know, the, uh, the customer's view as well. Yeah. Uh, Tony Shea said, culture and brand are really two sides of the same coin, right? You know, they're, they go together, you know, and your, your internal culture is going to drive ultimately how employees work and, and the experience they have. Um, but it gets to the outside too. People, people hear about it. People learn about it. People know they can feel it, especially through the employees. And yeah, it becomes, it becomes both in critical for employees and for the customers. Right. Um, I just, um, I'm in the process of, you know, uh, publishing my second book. It'll probably be out in January or February and it's called built to win designing a designing a customer centric culture that drives value for the business. And, um, and that's what it's all about, right? It really is. It's, it's, it is, you have that culture, have that right culture. And it takes into account so many different things that you've got to do to build that culture and have that right culture. But again, uh, as Tony Shea said, it's, it's two sides of the same coin, the, the culture and the brand that they go hand in hand and, and you've got to, you've got to get that right. Yeah. And we can't, I think it's called ship the org chart, which is, <laughs> which is like our internal dysfunction finds its way outside. And, and that yeah. just is, is terrible. Absolutely. So we've got to build build these organizations with a customer at the center um, and co-create experiences. Now on the outside, I call it the, when the customer sort of engages in the brand starts tapping on the glass, so to speak, that outside world looking in now, what are some of the key uh, tools or methods to collect data? Um, and then we talked about, about like an, an analytics, advanced analytics and AI and how important that is because you're dealing with massive amounts of potential experience endpoints, how does that outside world, how can organizations scale to that outside world experience, collect that data and then co-create? Yeah, you've definitely got to have the right technology in place. And this is a huge problem for a lot of companies because they've got these disparate systems. They've got these legacy systems and data is everywhere, right? It's just everywhere and they're collecting it everywhere and they don't even know. I just, um, in the last year or so, did a, a huge touch point map project for a client. And as part of that, we needed to capture where you know, where they were getting feedback, all their voice of the customer, but all their other data, like, where is it? Where does it sit? And it was this massive undertaking only to find out, and I think they already knew this, that we don't even know where all of our data is. We don't even know where it all comes in. We capture a ton of data. We've got thousands of data points and it's spread all over the co company globally. I mean, it's a, it was a global company and around the world, we have so many different systems. And so that, I mean, that's, it's huge. I mean, companies do have to figure out how do we get that all into one place and get that centralized. And I think that's a huge challenge for every company that's dealing with this today, which is basically every company. So. Absolutely. Now, how about how important and critical does content play in the customer experience? I often look at that as like the, the currency to cr build trust, create trust, 
add value. We're always like, we're desperate now to add value, right? How important is content in, in a strategy to, to build a winning organization? It's huge. And I always say, and I'll just lump content into communications, right? Co- communications right. is probably one of the most overlooked parts of the customer experience. It has been for years. And so I think that content is a, is a huge piece of that, obviously. And it's got to be it's got to be consistent. It's got to be on brand, on point. It's got to deliver the message that you want to deliver. And to your point, it is, it's, it's, it's really important to building that trust and, and adding value and, and creating value for customers. Because if you want people to come back, it's not just about your product. It's about everything that you do, um, whether it's your app or it's your, your blog or it's your self-service, your FAQs, whatever it is, that content is a, yeah, absolutely. It's like I said, it's, it's overlooked by too many companies. You, how many websites you go to and you're like, I'm looking for X, Y, Z and I can't find it. Or there, you get, you get newsletters or, or messages, emails from companies. And it's just so off base in terms of what you thought that this, it happens all the time. So it is a very critical part about, of driving value and building trust with the brand. Absolutely. So these organizations now, we want to drive value for the brand, build trust. What's on your customer ex- experience dashboard, you know, as an exec metrics or uh, in things that we can look at, we'll call it quantify the experiential of our brand to then have a conversation maybe with other business stakeholders like the CFO or the CEO. And we can, we can translate experience into something tangible that, you know, across the suites, C-suite can understand. Yeah. yeah. I would say that there are a couple of different metrics and maybe not the ones that most folks would go to right away. Right. right. <laughs> um, I would say customer satisfaction is a, is a no brainer. Um, customer lifetime value, um, customer effort score, net revenue retention, and then probably some kind of a health score as well, right? Especially on the B2B side, some type of a health score to really have a solid understanding of where customers are and whether it's an individual account, you know, a health score or just a sort of global, here's where we are in terms of, you know, re- retention and whatnot. Um, so yeah, and, and obviously retention is a huge piece of that, but I sort of fold that into customer lifetime value because if that's a numbers going up, yeah, your retention's right there with it, obviously, so... CLTV, net revenue retention, all those things are massively important for the health of the business and to steer it appropriately. So to get that commercial outcomes. Now, this is marketing cheat codes. I'm going to throw at you, what's a a cheat code that the folks who are listening today, they're marketing leaders, experience leaders, uh, technologists, they're they're folks in IT, they're across the board. Organizations you know, the experience is owned kind of like by everybody almost. Um, what's a, what's a cheat code that folks can take away that you would say, uh, can give them a distinct advantage. I think it's, it really is about listening, understanding, doing your homework, knowing your audience, knowing your audience is key. I, you know, it's so funny. I've actually on the, on the personal side have had conversations with friends over the last couple of weeks and just different things come up. And I've used that phrase, know your audience (laughs) so many times, and it applies both in business and in, in, you know, your personal life. But that is the number one thing really is to do your homework and know your audience. And I think one of the things that happens in the marketing world is, you know, and I mentioned personas earlier, one of the things that happens in the marketing world, and I've seen it so many 
many times is we sit in a room and we've got a few key stakeholders and they're the ones who design the personas, right? Never validated, nothing. It's like, here's who we think our customers are, right? I've seen it happen. I've seen yeah, it. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> but you actually have to go and do the work. You've got to do the homework. You've actually got to talk to customers to define your, who, what your, you know, who your personas are. So that's just one example of what a huge advantage you have if you actually know your audience and know who your customers are, because then, you know, you can personalize the messages, you can personalize the experience. You can do so much when you have that, that information at your fingertips. Wow. That's such a powerful question to like always ask, like, how well do you know your customers? Yeah. Well, I think I know them pretty well. You know, we did the, these personas and all. <laughs> really, how really well do you know your customers? Yeah, I have a little, I have a little thing that I do with clients when we're, I, I, I started it a few years back when we were sitting around a table and all of a sudden they start, they started saying, I think our customers, I think they, I think, I think, I think. And I'm like, hold it. <laughs> Stop saying, I think what we need to say is, we know because we've, we've talked to our customers. So every time you say, I think our customers, you need to put a dollar in the jar in the middle or the, there's a basket in the middle of the table, right? Because I'm like, that is not how this works. We need to actually do things based on what we know, not on what we think. That's powerful. Yeah. So Annette, thank you so much. Um, how can how can folks find you? I know how you can find you can find you <laughs> all over the internet. Like probably the first thing comes up is videos or other content you put out there. You're a thought yeah. leader. Um, how can we find you? And I want you to plug your book one more time. Okay. And then I want to make sure we put some information in there because that's, that's like a, it's almost a mandate to build organizations yeah. from the inside out for customer. Yeah. And I always say, you know, if, if it's broken on the inside, it's going to be experienced on the outside. So we really do have to fix what's happening inside first. So, so thank you for that. And thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Um, my website, cx-journey.com. Always happy to connect with folks on LinkedIn as well. So um, please feel free to hit me up there and, and I will connect for sure. Um, my book. So my second book is going to be out in, uh, in you know, hopefully in January. We have some supply chain issues with the uh, lumber and paper and those kinds of things. So, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so, but um, that book is, like I said, is called Built to Win: Designing a, a Customer-Centric Culture That Drives Value for the Business. And and we didn't put drives value for the customer in the title because we're talking about a customer-centric organization, and that is all about driving value. So it was sort of repetitive, but but yeah, I'm excited about this one. It, re, it includes you know the 10 foundational principles of, of building that type of an organization. So, so thank you for letting me plug that. Annette Franz, thank you so much for coming on Marketing Cheat Codes and sharing all of your good information. Absolutely, thanks for having me. Cheers. Thank you everyone for joining us today for another episode of Marketing Cheat Codes. I want to thank our guests for their time and everyone out there in a primo land for listening. This episode was written, mixed, and produced by Glenn McManus. Our associate producer is Noah Horberg. Our production coordinator is Izzy Herbst. And our creative director is Sonny Okamoto. Our series is hosted by Ed Brield. And I'm your co-host, Sam Chapman. If you like what you're hearing, please rate us or review us everywhere you listen to podcasts and be sure to keep the conversation going by following us on LinkedIn and Twitter. If you have a topic you'd like to hear us discuss or want to be a guest, head on over to the URL in the episode description and drop us a line. Until next time, thanks for listening.